Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. I'm Marissa Garza, and joining me in my podcast box is the one and only Jason Reed. Jason, so glad you could make it. All the papers said you were going to be at the other podcast house. Uh, yeah, but I think I think I might have made the wrong decision. Um, <laughs> pretty empty around here. Um, I wonder if it's too late for me to go to that other podcast. <laughs> I think you can make it. I think you can make it. That, but that would be that would definitely be me though. I would make I would because whenever I'm presented with those choices, I always make the wrong choice. Like the thing's gonna be here, or the the thing's gonna go this way, and I always make the wrong choice. I always end up being the the person in the empty seat in the you know in the empty theater, like in the empty auditorium. Like oh, I should have gone to another show. But you so I can I can relate. You get yeah. <laughs> Well, I can put my feet up. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I got, I got I got room. Yeah. Uh, I am like that with like TV shows. Like people will see a trailer and they'll be like, "This could be so good." I'm like, "I don't know." And then it is like really, really yes. good. So That's like exactly. anytime, anytime exactly I'm like, like, "I don't know," I'm like, "Oh, it's probably going to be pretty good." Yeah, and then you got to binge it, you know, a year later because you can't you, you can't jump on the bandwagon mid season because no, it would look like a my chunk. pride. Yeah, so you got to you got to yeah. like come on the come on the bandwagon later. 
Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, welcome everyone to uh, the final, final, we don't know. There has been no season three announcement. So uh, for the Marissa? time being. Hey, Marissa, you, <laughs> you better not have gotten me into a show and then leave me hanging like this. I know. Because there's so many things we need to you know, see next season. We better get a season three. I'm holding you personally responsible uh, if we don't get a season three. So or at least a that. movie. Like we need some closure on some Something. things. I don't yeah. I can't see why not. I, yeah. I I think the show probably did well enough that it's it's right for season three. Yeah. Enough people were talking about it. That's yeah. for sure. We I did our see, share. I need yeah. to see Larry and babies. I need to see Ada ruling the house with an iron fist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to see Agnes being uncomfortable. There's yeah. so many things. So many yeah, I need things. All I, that. I need all that. Yeah. Well, we did our fair share of talking about the season, and I hope others joined in on the fun. If you missed any of it, you can join, you can find our other conversations at posterrecaps.com slash gilded age slash HBO in the main feed. If you're a patron of Post Show Recaps, you get ad-free versions of these podcasts. And you can also uh, check out where Jason's at every single time on YouTube. He's in a different location every podcast. So we love um, when you stop by and say hi to us there as well. Thank you. It's been really fun having people join us um, on YouTube this season. So thanks so much for, for joining in. Yeah, today I'm obviously in the Academy because I'm the only one in the audience <laughs> and not the men. Well, Jason, you know you know how I like to do? You know I like mm-hmm. to start us off with a quick plot recap. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about you. I was It was hard. I sat down for a good, I gave it a good college try and I could not put together paragraphs <laughs> about this episode because it was all over the place. Yes, very, uh, very many intersections, a lot of quick cuts in between uh, stories, and, and we're, we're going all over the place this episode. So yeah, I, I don't blame you for not being able to really put it in, a, in one cohesive uh, package there. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. We're going left, we're going right, we're going up, we're going down. Uh, so what I did do is kind of group some things together, and we can just talk through our impressions of these main points that get interrupted by other main points. Yes. <laughs> Well, I think we should start with the, I mean, there's no, no point in burying the lead. Like this was an opera war episode. This was the culmination of all of Bertha's hard work, everything that she had fought for all season. And it starts off with a bang. We learn the Duke has been stolen. The Duke has been stolen. Yeah. We, you know, we were talking the whole season about these little, little battles of the opera war kind of in the background for a lot of the season. And now we finally get, uh, the whole war itself, because, you know, like you said, the whole episode was pretty much based around the opera war. And, you know, I would say it, it, the, the war itself did disappoint. We got the, pretty much the whole episode about it. Um, so we'll, let's get into to who the winners, the losers, people that came out neutral. Let's go through it all. Well, it starts off with Bertha thinking she might have lost because mm-hmm. she gets that note. She says, oh, the Duke who's supposed to be coming to you. The Met is actually going to be at the Academy. Mrs. Um, Mrs. Astor stole the Duke from me and she scrambles and tries to find like how, how she can win him back. And she finds out that it was Mr. McAllister that actually brokered the deal between them. And this does not sit well with Bertha. She wants to go like throw as much money at the problem as she can and get the Duke back on his Uh, side. And George to his credit, again, superstar supporter here is like, no, you don't need to do that. Stand on your own two feet. 
Well, I love when you know she 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 gets a letter that tells her the Duke's not coming or that the Duke's been stolen. She marches down to George's office. And George is like, "Well, I mean, didn't you technically steal the Duke yourself from <laughs> Mrs. Winterton?" I just love Bertha just like draping off Mrs. Winterton. Like, ah, please, she draped herself with her husband's money. She was pressing my clothes a year ago. Okay, f Mrs. Winterton. That, that's that's nothing. But then George, she's like, "Yeah, you know, we no, we're not throwing any more money at this. We've thrown enough money at it." more money than even bertha knows really yeah really uh, but yeah he does tell her listen you have done the work you've put in the work you don't need this you know ne'er do well duke who we've been talking about the duke all season which is like what is the duke doing why is the duke being able to be bought but i mean apparently i you know, listen news to me knowledge for me just because you got the title of a duke doesn't mean you have money doesn't mean you're rich so that was news to me um uh, so yeah but like you said i do love george kind of backing uh, his wife's play like listen you don't need the stupid duke you've done enough work to to make this your own to to claim victory here yes yes when he says that later in the episode i was like spoon i was like yes okay i will mm-hmm. go i will like i'm walking in this myself anywho <laughs> um i also did love in that conversation earlier in the episode where bertha and says that you know to george that the duke was stolen she's like well we must trumpet it louder and he's like well that makes me nervous i'm like i'm sure it does george i'm sure it does uh so we have all this back and forth bertha ends up trying to go make a deal with the duke let's talk about this deal that she she like goes to the hotel which in this time like we didn't have tmz we didn't have like twitter no one could take a picture of her but people still had ice and they could see a woman of her status going to the hotel room of a mm-hmm. duke. So it was a bit of a risk. And apparently she was slumming it because he was in like 30-something street. And it was like, I can't believe I'm debasing myself by coming <laughs> down here. Which like is basically like the Motel 6 of, yes. of today's time. You know, even though he does have like a butler and everything, he's still, he's still so poor. He has to slum it down in 30-whatever street. We don't get to see the details of what this is, but we get to see the outcome of this deal, which we'll talk about him arriving and all that stuff later. But what do you think Bertha went in with? What do you think she put on the table? I mean, was it just Gladys? I mean, I'm sure it was Gladys, some money, maybe a, even maybe a stake in George's company, a, 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 some, some oh. interest like that to, you know, ensure yourself wealth and you get yourself a wife. But it could have just been Gladys. And that was and that's that. I don't, who knows? That like that is wild to me. Is that enough Super for like, like, <laughs> like here's here's my daughter. Will you come to the opera? Like what? How is that a fair opera. deal? Come to one night of opera, and you can have my daughter. Yeah, like, huh? uh, but apparently, but, like, but maybe there was something other than just one night of opera. Like, you will come to all you, I will be your guide into the social life of you know New York. You are not to go anywhere near Mrs. Astor, Mrs. Turnerton. You are mine. I'm giving you my daughter, so you're mine now. Maybe that uh, was the idea. Maybe I, I mean, I was looking this up. This is not going to be a very historically in-depth episode because, again, we are all over the place. But apparently there was this thing called the American Dollar Princesses. And these were American women that married into titled European families for the exchange of wealth. So it could have been – but this is like a reverse situation because in this in the American Dollar Princess scenario, it's the titled European family that has the money that – 
the American woman would be inheriting by marrying in. But this way, it's a little bit a little bit tilted on its head. Um, but if you're into the American Dollar Princesses, uh, another show being covered here on Poster Recaps called The Buccaneers <laughs> goes through that type of uh, storyline. There's a there's a number of American Dollar Princesses on that show around the same time as well. Well, I mean, listen, this is like this is an, similar to an arranged marriage, right? Like, yeah. you know, we've got we're we're trading status and money for, you know, a mutually beneficial arrangement um, to marry off his daughter. It feels very icky in this instance because it's it seems that Gladys isn't being told that this is a, a no. thing. Gladys is all like, oh my gosh, Billy's coming. Billy's coming to the opera. I'm going to wave at Billy. Stop waving at Billy. <laughs> Show to show Hector your program. Were you surprised that his name was Hector? Yeah, weird. I don't know. I, I was also was surprised because that is my dad's name, and I was <laughs> like, "What? You never get." I mean, obviously, there is a Hector in the Iliad, but like, you don't. It's not a name. It's not a Joe. It's not a British name either. Yeah, it sounds like a, a Harold. Yeah, uh, you know. I was like Hector. a Gregory. I don't know. It was it was just a, a kind of a, a average Joe name, and it kind of fits his average Joe uh, appearance, right? Because like I've been saying the whole season, like this guy is a Duke. He kind of looks like he, kind of looks, he looks a little schlubby. He looks like not as I would expect a Duke to be. Yeah, uh, so it, it kind of fits, you know. <laughs> also, during this time, we had the press war happening. So um, I forget the guy's name, but I called him Mister Met. The um, fundraiser guy for the metropolitan basically like spoiled leaked the news that the duke was going to be there but at that point this was before bertha went to the hotel to secure the deal to make sure that he showed up he was at this point going to the academy we had different papers saying different things i thought this was very fun very like new york very power of the press type of type of um story I like how when Gladys, not Gladys, sorry, not Gladys, Bertha tells the the Met guy, like, yeah, but uh, like, hypothetically, let's just say, like, the Maybe. Duke isn't, isn't coming to my opera. He's like, well, you better make sure people think he is, because that's going to be a problem if people don't, if people think he's not coming here. So you better, damn, sh-. he got really upset. He was like, he was, he was losing his cool. And then also with that, I love when, you know, they're talking about the papers and uh, Mrs. Astor and McAllister are, are talking about the papers and Mrs. Fish comes in. He's like, you know, the sun says he's got and then Mrs. Astor's yeah. like, oh, yeah, you would read the sun. She's <laughs> like, well, how would I find out about the divorces? Mrs. Fish is a low key MVP she um, in, in any scene that she is in. She steals every scene she's ever in she is there for all of it she's just like i'm gonna be there i'm gonna take it all in i'm gonna go have fun i'm gonna have a party and she's shameless and doesn't throw some shade yeah Yeah. she's shameless and she doesn't care who knows it like yeah she's just she's just mrs fish she's she's there she's 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 shady she's shameless she don't care what did you think of the confrontation between uh bertha and McAllister when she summoned him um to say like hey i know it was you and he's like yeah well of course obviously it was almost an unmasking right because it's like oh bertha like you thought yeah. i was your friend like yeah. i'm more miss ash's friend you should have known that um but it feels like mr mccauss's whole time was hedging his bets on who was gonna win and you know once they got the news to the duke and the duke was like all right he's like all right I've made my choice. It's Mrs. Astor. Like I, I kind of sort of back to the play of Bertha here, just in case 
she was able to pull out something yeah. crazy. But yep, uh, the victory is is Lena Astor's, and I'm going to go on her side. But seems like he picked his side too quickly, and now he's probably going to be on the outs of a, of a lot of things uh, because by the end of this episode, it seems like. Bertha may be our new queen of society. Yeah. yeah. Well, it turns so what was really interesting about this whole thing was that this war was fought with social capital. It was whoever was believed the most, whoever could offer more in terms of a standing in society. It wasn't, it wasn't much, she wasn't offering money, she was offering opportunity and exposure. And the currency of that at this time was apparently at the opera. Yeah. And we'll talk about Bertha's just master stroke, master like plan it, later in the episode when it gets yeah. revealed, yeah. which is probably the most important thing she did in this opera war. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. But just the way that it's all revealed to us and what Bertha's done throughout the season, including this episode, she 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 played this flawlessly in a way by the end of it. And she navigated around like her possible infidelity with her like her husband's possible infidelity rumors Mm -hmm. betrayal that whole thing she also um was also navigating through larry's scandal in the papers and all of those things so she was really able to do things and i think later in the in the episode when larry is is walking marion about which of course we will talk about um (laughs) hashtag hashtag larry we should have started we should have opened with the hashtag larry and stuff (laughs) but when she's when they're walking back across the street he's like my mom my mom manages my mom is the manager and so um that is what she's known for and that's what she does Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, so let's talk about this opening night. Um, this has been an opening night we knew was coming for, I don't know, many episodes. I think since the second episode when Bertha laid down um, the line of we will be opening on the same night as the Academy. So yeah. this was what everything was building up to. At the Academy, I mean, there's not really much to talk about <laughs> what was no. happening at the Academy. I mean, geez, like it was it was it was so in the way they shot it i almost thought that bertha had lost for a minute because they they cut from bertha to to the empty auditorium but it was actually you know miss astor i was like oh okay woof true yeah. yeah and we had seen because in season one um marion goes to the opera with aurora and is like waving to what's his name the fraudster dude like who's making his way through like we had seen the academy at its full capacity before and so to to see it with like nobody in there um but the people who were there was of course mrs astor mr McAllister, agnes the the toddler tantrum of oscar (laughs) Mommy, I don't want to be here. Oscar, you pissed me off enough. You will be quiet and you will sit down and you will be a be obedient boy. You've been a bad boy. You do what I say. It was like, 
and we'll talk about all the Oscar and Agnes of it all, but just the, the whole through line of the episode of just like constant scolding of Oscar. Like she's had an asshole of this guy. He's like, he's talking about oh, it's a bunch of skeletons and ghouls around here. She's like, listen, I have not asked you anything and I don't intend to. So shut your damn mouth. Like Oscar, he was so sassy for someone that just lost his mother's fortune. I would, I would think at that point, you just, you just like speak as little as possible because you don't want to be, you know, talked to or about because you just you shamed your family at this point yeah it was <laughs> i felt kind of bad for oscar because mm-hmm. he just was like i'm really sorry it's just like i don't care at all like this is your life now for the rest of for the rest of time he was trying to take any responsibility when mrs or any opportunity when mrs fish comes in it's like oh nobody's here i'm gonna leave and he's like can i help you get your carriage like sit down what? What? <laughs> um so they're all there and then also like a bunch of old people it was just and that had was something that Oscar had said as well is, mm-hmm. you know, like, look at all these old people. And Agnes is like, but they are the backbone of society, blah, blah, blah. Um, so really not much happening at the Academy. At the Met, however, we had all of the Russells. All of the Russells were there. And did they arrive in fashion, in style? Uh, first of all, they came down the stairs at home. What did you think of Bertha and Gladys's uh, departure from from their house. I mean, it was like a fl- it was like a fashion show, you know. Miss uh, Bertha comes down first. She's got the green like uh, train, the green like peacock dress. She's like, and everybody's like, oh my gosh. She's and then she's like, oh, I'm just the opening act. This is the main attraction. And here comes Glass with the pink or fuchsia, or whatever. You, could look like Princess Peach from Mario Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just this, uh, and you know, it was it was a glorious type of. Uh, display for them because it was like you know a star-studded extravaganza and everybody's just like oh ah Gladys and you know I like Larry what happened to my grubby little sister (laughs) I also I loved the drama of Bertha's cape and coat Mm -hmm. like that we see on full display as she's going up the stairs when she gets to the Met like do not walk around me you will step on my cave. Yeah. Like, get out of my way. Give me I a wide berth. Like, yeah. I need people to scatter away from me as my dress, you know, uh, comes into your path. Yeah. Like, this is my my time. I'm going to take up space. We should also mention that Marion is at the Met because she had been invited by one Larry Russell. And she, okay. She, at this point, has told Dashiell, like, no, I don't want to get married. But then she's, like, in this, like, existential headspace where she's just, like, I have to do things with my life. And this is where I start thinking that maybe they wrote this to be a possible ending for the show. Because she was asking such big questions. Like, Ada's right. I have to do what I can with a short amount of time. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, you are at the opera, lady. Like... And at this point, they're like Marion's also in a limbo with like Larry, because Larry, Larry, like Larry, I don't, this is all part of Larry's plan, I guess. He invited Marion first of all, and I don't think he even at that point knew that Marion and Dashiell had broken off their engagement. He did so he's not. like, yeah, he's, he's inviting a uh, an engaged woman Making to his move. the opera. I'm like, is that? I feel like that's just not done in in society right now. Like you're you're in. It seems like that'd be one of the things where you know Dash would come and like you know, take off his glove finger by finger 
take it off and like slap Larry across the face with him. Like, how dare you shame me and my wife and my and my and my betrothed? Um, so that was a that was a move by Larry, which was interesting. Um, but yeah, that was that was quite a opening salvo. And Larry's like, is this where he's like, I, I just have to tell you, you're a very marvelous person. Yes. Yeah, it's just like it's very kind of you to say so. And he's like, I mean it. And I was like, first of all, eyes. first of all, obviously, Larry, we have been wanting this for a very long time. But do you feel like the story supported this action by this character? I know the looks oh. and the fandom of it all like really supports this move, but I just was like, where where did this come from for Larry? But listen, Marissa, this is from the same writing team that bought you Ada and Luke getting married <laughs> after seeing each other three times, okay? So we get it. That's stuff fair. Moves, That's stuff fair. moves fast and without notice around here, okay? So I, I guess we've, we've been wanting it because we can we, we, we have the complete chemistry here uh, because they just – I don't know what it is. They just – they have this chemistry about them. They do. But, like, but you're right. The story and the amount of times they've really interacted – Ha- doesn't really support support this for real. I wonder if the third season is going to be like a bunch of what we missed this season. <laughs> like, because if there was stuff there, I would have loved to have seen it. I mean, I know like in the first season, we had them running into each other in the street and Larry telling Marion about his wanting to go into architecture. And then later on in the um, season, we had Marion confessing to larry about her experience with the guy's name that i forgot but you know who i'm talking about like <laughs> you know like uh, like jerk jerk face tom tom yeah Rick. yeah, yeah. right yeah yeah so like we had all this back and forth between them and you could see they were starting to forge a relationship between larry and marion this season larry was like having the time of his life in newport for the first half of the season comes back Marion's getting engaged. I really don't feel like they had a conversation until this conversation. Well, you could argue that like when she brings John over, there's a conversation, but that's like somebody else is there type of thing. So I just wish, I just wish we got a little bit more. I mean, yeah, I'm like happy, but also all we've really more. seen are are, are uh, quick check-ins, right, with each other. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, what's up with you? Oh, this is what's up with me. Oh, hey, like hey, a nod. Like, oh yeah, you're right. here. <laughs> and then you know, so that you're right. That is that is one of my criticisms of this season is that so many storylines were cut short. We weren't given enough material. They they packed too much into the into the overall story. Like, please get Chef Borden and Mrs. Bruce out of here. Like, what? Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Watson, get them off my screen. What's <laughs> the point of that? You could have used all of that that space to expand other stories. Yes. Um, so that's definitely a criticism I'll give the show um, is that they, they, for me, they cut things too short. We'll talk about one of the other storylines. I felt that that happened with later. Um, but yeah, that's, that's something I'd say is that, you know, you didn't give enough, the stories enough room to breathe. You didn't make it make sense all the time. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right. Like another one that didn't make sense was Aurora coming to, she's at the Met. Okay. So she's at the Met. All season, she's been going back and forth, going back and forth. But then she's got this, like, I'm not very brave thing that comes up. And I was like, where, where is this coming from? And also, why are you scared of Mrs. Astor? Like, never have I gotten a vibe that she was scared of Mrs. Astor. I could see, like, I know she's been, like, 
interested and supportive of Marion getting out of like the old the old ways and stuff like that. But like for her to be like, I'm not brave. And then I was like, why is she why why are we going here? Where did this come from? Aurora Fane is the ultimate like floater. We we call it like in reality TV parlance, like yeah. We, call, we call people floaters that kind of float back and forth with the power that that stay out of the the spotlight. That kind of by the end of the end of the reality TV season, she's in the final three, and we're like, "How did she get here? Like, what what has she done all season?" And that that is that is Aurora Fane in a nutshell. Like, yeah. she made the right choice to come to the right place. We don't know why, we don't know how, but she is there after you know telling after go after flip flopping back and forth aurora is the ultimate flip flopper she's put all she's put her her money in both camps she shows up at both uh fundraising things or whatever meetings so she can make the right choice at the last minute is she you know just a non character or is she the smartest character in the show uh both could be true both um, could be true and listen we we learned aurora's husband's name his name is charles his name is <laughs> charles fane okay though i think this may be the first time we've ever heard Mr. Fane's name used in, in a, as a first name. I think we heard it once in season one, but that was it. Maybe. And, but he didn't know. even say anything. He didn't even say anything in this episode. He's just was like he there. even there? I can't even like picture him being there. Like I know Aurora was there, but I can't even see Mr. Fane next to her. So I don't know. Yeah, that was. I was. I mean, I'm happy she was there, but also again, why? Where was the motivation? That type of thing. Yeah. Uh, Another aspect of the opera war for Bertha was her showdown with the Wintertons and AKA Mrs. Turnerton, who we mm-hmm. called her. Um, we do see that the Wintertons get walked to their box and Mrs. Turnerton thinks she's getting her, you know, she's going to walk into the center box and be the center of attention. And they still have a pretty good box. It's on the first level, but it is not what she was expecting. And she's about to throw this hissy fit. And Mr. Winterton's like, shut it down. Don't even just act like it's all yours. Don't even give anyone the satisfaction. You have to play this part now. He has had enough of her. Like, <laughs> he's like, all right, listen, I tolerate this nonsense. Like, listen, you are, you're hot. You're young. Like, that's why I married you, but you're causing me too much trouble at this point. So you just need to, to, to calm down and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll just sit here. Just, you're, you're just being too much trouble right now. Yeah. And I, I, oh, she goes, I will not forget it. And I was like, okay. Like, what are you going to do? Like, what agency do do? you have? What reason, like resources do you have to, to topple the praise and awe and award of like that Bertha is getting in this moment? Like, cause when Bertha walks into that box, Mm -hmm. everyone looks everyone stands up applause she gets a yes. standing ovation yeah uh but mrs turnton has no leverage in the situation um the only thing i could think mrs turnton could do is you know to spread a, a, a false scandal about what really sure. happened in in george's room that night but who's really even going to believe mrs turnton to be honest with you um so you know at this point she has really she doesn't have a lot uh, of things to really use in her ammo box She's she's try she tried earlier in the season and that failed spectacularly. We are still not sure if the the French uh, hair lady at the Russell's house is her doing or not because we got no movement on that. <laughs> um, so who knows? But yeah, I and you know I loved Bertha at the, at the one point saying you know 
this is uh this is winter shit is seething and i love it or something like yeah, that the pleasure i love it gives to see, me. love to see it yeah so uh <laughs> mrs turgeon got you know what she deserved i think in the long run and we learned a little bit about how she got there in this episode because george asked bertha like hey how did how did um turnerton how did mrs winterton get kicked out of the the academy how did that happen and bertha's like i wrote to mrs astor of course i did man and that, that's what i was talking about the the master stroke that that bertha played um some time ago that we didn't we didn't even know ourselves right is that she took this calculated risk right to get turned to get the wintertons on her side because she knew by doing this that miss astor would kick her would kick the wintertons out and the wintertons would bring all the people over to her side but she did you know we talked about the grenade of people finding out that mrs winterton mrs turrington was uh mrs russell's former lady maid whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. and the way that you know just the way that bertha went about that was just so fantastic you really got to give it up to her for that yeah it was so good she's of course it was an anonymous letter then i'm like who did she get to write it did she write with her left hand how did she do this because she doesn't have a peggy like she doesn't have a secretary she's she's the one who's writing all of her letters she's the one you know making all this correspondence happen and not saying that like agnes couldn't but i mean i'm assuming because they had corresponded before mrs like their mrs russell's handwriting could be recognized well, listen, I'm sure I'm sure Mrs. Ross could be like, hey, um, Mrs. Bruce, get, get over here and write. Right. This letter. Yeah, like, that's hey. what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Or Adelheid, who wants to stay and, you know, not be demoted. Poor Adelheid. Yeah. Uh, OK, we also got to meet. Meet for the first time. Billy Carlton. Yeah, I'm sure. he was there. <laughs> I, you know, I like them in the beginning when they're they're all the, the little uh, meeting for the Met, and <laughs> Billy's like she gets introduced to Billy and uh, Gladys like, oh, he's just a boy that I dance with. He's nothing. And Billy's like, hey, that's not, yeah. that's not cool. Well, and then like Aurora's like just part of the daily like just part just, just part of the grind, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess I don't know. Okay, we have to talk about this. I mean, I know to. you don't want to talk about it. This was also very confusing to me. Where did this altruistic, not saying that she can't have a heart and not saying that she doesn't have a heart, but the way that Bertha was like, oh, Mrs. Bruce, you like music? Oh, like, first of all, uh, duh. Second of all, oh, (laughs) would you like these tickets to the opening night at the Met? Like, where did this come from? And then she's like, brings brings chef borden and then chef borden's like let me kiss your hand this was a lot let's break it down what do you so, got you know we get the budding romance of borden and mrs bruce coming in from some performance out of the rain like some like some <laughs> crazy some crazy kids in love and we're just like okay what well, like i roll my eyes every time I, I see them on screen i'm like why are you torturing me with this non-story with this non-thing and then like like you said bertha offers the seat up i mean listen we can't have empty seats. We need seats. That's fair. That's okay? fair. That's fair. So, you know, I think that was part of it. A last minute thing. Let me give it to the poor people. Let me do some charity, you know, for, for, for once. Uh, so, you know, she gives them the seats. They get there and it's like, they're both amazed. Oh my God, this is so great. And then we get the kiss on 
the hand. Okay, the setup was Mrs. Bruce was like looking around. She's like, I just want to remember every moment. Every he's like, shut your mouth. <laughs> and he's like, well, then remember this and kisses her hand. And I was like, okay, okay. It's like gas. Is, are we done? Are we it's done like, with this now? On the hand? <laughs> oh, on the my gloved gosh. hand, even, Jason. Oh, the gloved my. hand. Swoon. Do you think they're getting married? Do you think like like when we come back, they're gonna be like married? (laughs) Sure. Because you know how this happens. It's fast moving. Yeah, sure. Why not? I guess. (laughs) Um, like and the kiss hierarchy for this show, and I guess this time is so weird, right? Because you get people that are romantic partners of years and years that kiss each other like on the cheek, and it's like, oh, and then we get the, the 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 hand kiss, and then we get the real saucy stuff. With uh, with Larry and later, it's like oh, I feel like I feel like a kiss on the lips in this like time period was just tantamount to like, like we just banged like well, <laughs> especially in public, especially uh-huh. like because we do see George and Bertha have quite a little makeout sesh, but that's like behind a door, so nobody mm-hmm. can see them in their own home, away from everybody else. So yeah. It's not, you're not going to see much PDA in the 1800s. But I mean, you would have thought, like, the way Mrs. Bruce reacted, that he had, you know, he had done some other, you know, some yeah. other actor. Oh. She's like, oh, my gosh. Oh. Like, what did you think was happening? We're, we're, we're pretty much dating at this point. Like, you had to think <laughs> that this was, I had kind of thought you guys had already gone there anyway, but I guess Well, not. you got caught in the rain, and, and like, in TV world, getting caught in the rain together is, like, it's pretty up prime, That's prime makeout time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mrs. Fish does arrive and then like gives Bertha this like official crown compliment of like you have won all of, you have changed American society tonight. I was yeah, like, you're, you're at the heart of American society. She's like, the Academy was a morgue. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, love Mrs. Fish. It was great, but I, I think that like really sealed it for Bertha because she was. Both houses were waiting for the Duke, who was late, to arrive, and they weren't going to start the show. Like, as someone who has done very minimal theater experiences, mainly in orchestra pits, but, like, the show starts, okay? Like, Mm -hmm. the show starts and the show goes. But they're both opera houses are like, well, maybe he might come. Maybe what's going on? And so she didn't really want to, like, accept that she had won. And Mrs. Fish comes in and tells her this, and this is without the Duke being there and then the duke comes in so it was like a dub she won on her own like georgia had said and then the duke comes in and kind of just supports her for her win yeah so Um, did you have any doubt i did because i mean i you you knew my theory uh for a lot of the season was that bertha was going to take a loss here that we yeah i I had the vision of an empty auditorium and bertha and her family just sitting there no one else is there um but listen i'm glad she won i loved the the kind of swelling underscore of Bertha walking into her box and seeing it all full. Like you had the, the theme song kind of yeah. under, as an underbed. I, I love that, just that, that cinematography moment. Um, and that it all kind of worked all well together. So I, I really enjoyed uh, seeing her in her triumph in that moment. And of course, George backing her up the whole time. I also loved when she got um, recognized from the stage and she just like sits there and blows a kiss and waves from <laughs> the box yes. i was like yes i am your yeah. queen <laughs> i am your queen yes adore me adore me as she should uh so yes the duke arrives and is seated right next to gladys 
and Gladys is like distracted, waving to Billy Carlton. And this is like wild to me. I guess this is the only thing that would happen in the 1800s. But Bertha's like, show the Duke your program. Yeah. What? Gladys, stop waving at the little boy and show this man your program. <laughs> Oh, thanks. Uh, the opera being um, performed that night was it's called Faust. And I thought it was interesting because like the thesis story or like the one sentence summary of this is man sells his soul to gain riches here on earth and lives to regret it. So foreshadowing. Um, foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, you know, a good one for this audience to see. <laughs> I, wonder, mm-hmm. I hope they took home some lessons. Yeah. And then at the end, George wonders how the Duke was one after all. And Bertha explains how she wrote the note. But then also she says this great, I loved this line and this delivery. You make the money and I'm very grateful, but I don't tell you what to do in Pittsburgh and you, and you must leave me to manage the rest. And I was like, yes, Bertha, this is, this is how you two win at everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm, For sure. For sure. Like, you know, they, they are the, the power couple du jour. Right. And I, I just loved how George, George, I think has put it together because as as Bertha is fussing oh, yeah. over Duke and Gladys, you see this look of George like, hmm, I think they were, I think we're gonna have some issues here because you know if we all remember, George did promise Gladys that she could, you know, marry someone she loved, and he right. would not he would not let uh, Bertha kind of run the show of her of her love life, her affection. So I I think that this is going if if we get a season three, I know you're trying to cancel the show, Marissa. I'm not trying to cancel the show but once we get a season three uh we're going to get this kind of uh i think standoff between george and bertha about gladys and i think that would be really interesting because um the way that this the season like season one was kind of like learn about george learn about bertha you know like learn about old money new money mm-hmm. this season was learn about them as a couple together yeah. See how they yeah, yeah. And also how each of them how they lean on each other to achieve their own success in their own worlds. Like Bertha will attend a dinner and George will buy off a man for an opera box, you know, like (laughs) these these things happen. Um, so if instead of having Bertha's main goal as it was in in season one and season two being to gain society favor like favor from society and have to be like in her own house like the call is coming from inside the house i think that would be really really interesting yeah does power corrupt in this way um, yeah because she's she's possibly going to have all the power here yeah exactly anything else on the opera war before we dive Um, into another one uh, let me call it mr McAllister, who was rocking like what i could only call like magician chic like Like old time magician like, with the with the tails and the the big coat and the big old hat, I, I love that for sure. Let's talk about fashion. That's that's that was some style there. And if anyone could like Nathan Lean is the guy to put in that costume, he 100%. will he will sell it. Could definitely pull it off. And I will say, Marion's dress was like they do this thing on with costume design on the show where they'll mix like traditional with like modern and i feel like hers was definitely leaning 
modern mm-hmm. and was but it also like worked really well for her she was in yellow which is i think a, the color she was wearing when she first came to new york so a little call back there all right enough with the opera for now we'll see maybe we'll be back next season let's talk about peggy and what was happening with peggy so as we know in the last episode they're they're still trying to save the colored schools of new york the board of education that wants to come in and close them down they kind of have this alliance with irish educators and irish families to to integrate the schools build up the population and have these schools continue so um Everyone's still prepping for a board meeting where they can present their evidence and plead their case. Uh, And Papa Scott, Gerald, he finds out some news when his board member friend is like, okay, I got to go to the board meeting. And he's like, wait, what? This is supposed to be tomorrow. And I have never seen that man run that fast. I mean, ever really, but he was, he moved it. He got out of there. The only time he's run that fast is to give away his daughter's baby. That's the only time he's ever run that fast <laughs> to get get that baby over to his, his new parents. Oh man, yeah, you're probably right. First uh, of all, um, is this how we did medicine back in the day? The guy that's just show. I mean, I mm-hmm. think he was. I think that was the fellow pharmacist he was talking yep. about earlier when in the season. Like, hey, I just concocted this thing. Why don't you yeah. just go ahead and try it and see how that works for you? Like, yeah, th- this this how we're doing this. Yep, that was basically it. Uh, there's really like there was no government oversight or anything. So it was just like, I guess this will work. Um, Why don't you give it a shot? (laughs) You know, penicillin was made from mold. So just some. Um, So anywho, he finds out, he runs over there. He tells everybody they tricked us, which I have to say is not surprising. And it's sad still, because this still happens. This is still a tactic that will happen when anyone is trying to gain power, but specifically between white and black communities in this time. And then all the way up until like now. So yeah, it's still happening. Um, so, but it's not, it's not surprising. So they, they pick up everything they head on over and who's front and center. Pop Scott. Pop Scott. Scott again. Uh, Marissa, before we, before we dive yeah. deeper into this, I yeah, want to yeah. kind of, I want to kind of rewind a little bit. What do you got? We get we get we have this meeting of all the the the, the black people, right? Uh, yep. Getting their stuff together. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Peggy enters the scene. Yes. We pass sorry. we pass by. Let me get myself together. We pass by this woman and a baby. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Innocuous enough, right? Fine. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Uh, Garnett is her name. Uh, mm-hmm. Mrs. Garnett's like, oh hey, did you say hi to Mrs. Fortune? And their new baby when you came in? What? That was you wanted to see her, Jason. That was like you wanted we, to see her. We didn't even really get to see her. <laughs> and then that they that had a it. new they have a new baby. James. Right? James. Right? You are a dirty dog, James. <laughs> dirty dog. And I will we will talk about my disappointment with this storyline further down the line because you could see it peggy though peggy was like uh peggy was like excuse me yeah yeah she didn't even know this man had a new baby at home like no (laughs) wow and so i mean i think that really just 
opened her eyes so hard. I'm like, what am I doing with this this man here? Like, what what is what is going on? Yeah, because you would think, seeing as they were like bonding over the loss of children, mm-hmm. he would have said, "Oh, hey, great news! You can also have hope in your life because we just had another baby." No, no, that's not what he did. That's not what he did at all. He, he just... was like, "Let's just write stories together and make out in a barn." Mm-mm. Mm-mm. you are right yeah yeah while well, life is in danger um james 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 i was rooting for you james i was rooting for you but no i, I cannot abide by this <laughs> yeah yeah it was a rough one uh, it was uh, rough. and peggy yeah. deserves well, so much back, more let's get back to papa scott papa scott and, yeah and, and no but friend. like that's the she thing. does like, she, I, I really, so much more. she does and i hope when we get season three marissa mm-hmm. yes. uh, that peggy will find a true love i yes that is not a career that is like a person um because you know she loves her she loves her journalism but yes okay so papa's got standing there in front of the board of education i loved how the board was like this is quite unorthodox we cannot have this they end up pleading their case and also very true to form they get a victory but it's not total victory two out of the three schools are allowed to remain open which is enough for sarah garnett she feels pretty good about that they're able to you know move forward but did you see what mama scott had had eyes for after that happened did you see it Listen, it was, we had some touching. We had some like uh, touch on the chest. We had a little cheek stroke mm. later, later at home. Papa Scott, mm-hmm. he getting it tonight. Well, and he, he like it. went up the stairs and then like. And then watched her leave. Yes. I hate to see you go, but I love to watch you leave, baby. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is that your bodice or is that you? <laughs> Which is it? <laughs> Yeah, so maybe things are better for them based on this situation. Yeah, I think so. I, I think, I, you know, I think Papa Scott, you know, came, he, he came about it honestly, right? I don't think he did this to try and gain favor with, with Peggy and, and Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Scott. He, he wanted to save the schools. He was righteous in his cause. But a, a great side effect of this is maybe uh, be, coming back into the hero, into his daughter and wife's eyes that he once was. Oh, know? I think like his daughter and his wife motivated his actions quite a lot because when he got praise from Sarah Garnett, it's like, you should be praised. He's like, I haven't gotten much praise. I've been, I've been so treated <laughs> terribly by all these people, by my wife and my daughter. Like, I, I've, I've, you know, <laughs> I've, I've missed the glint in their eye when they talk to me. It's all been contempt <laughs> for the last... Yeah. Well, Sarah, you did give away this woman's uh, son, so yeah, you really deserve that. Okay? Yeah. If I was yeah. Peggy, I'd be like, you know, if this, if these schools kept going, my son could have gone here, huh, daddy? <laughs> <laughs> I would never let him forget. Oh, no, no, no. Like, yeah yeah i would know but she did get a kiss on the she did give him a kiss on the cheek when she left peggy did so peggy peggy has been very kind of for you know forgiving in a way for her father this whole season she hasn't really held a grudge against him so i mean this you know and in this moment she's like she just she goes leave she stops she's like let me give my dad a kiss on the cheek because you know he really did you know come come through for us in this moment 
she's the most mature out of everyone sure. on this on this uh, show. And so much so that she has made a decision to leave the globe. And so she tells Mr. Fortune in the park. And just like that, that's over. And she's going to write a novel, I guess, or finish her novel. Um, this storyline was really disappointing for me. The way that it ended. It yeah. felt it felt cut off too short. Um, I, I felt like we should have gotten some more interaction. We should have gotten an actual interaction between Peggy and Mr. And Mrs. Fortune to really kind of drive this home, to really just kind of cut it here. Felt it, it felt lackluster for me. There for, was for like they never talked about the kiss. Like, we don't even we didn't even find out his POV on it, how he right, felt about the exactly. kiss, what he was feeling about him and his wife's relationship. Right. We only got this from Peggy's side, which which feels disappointing. Also, I cannot really focus on anything in that scene because I was focusing on the size of Mr. Fortune's hat the whole time. It was like five sizes too big on his head, and it was concerning. <laughs> it was concerning. Why is that so big? What is he hiding under there? Is this a ratatouille situation? Uh, is there, ooh, is there a mouse under there driving him? <laughs> yeah, and then also for it to just end with like bad timing shapes our lives. Peggy, Peggy deserves so much more. So much more. justice for Peggy, is, yeah, as mean, always. And we did get dropped this, uh, well, you know, I've been working on a novel. So is this is this going to be Peggy's season three story? Is she going to write a novel? Is she going to write a story about, you know, her about a fictional story, quote unquote, about the goings on in uh, at 61st Street? You know? Oh, maybe. And, and people are going to be like, are you going to write about me in your in your book? Am I a character in your book? I think that would be a fun storyline for Peggy. But like like we've been saying, I do want Peggy to find some some a real good romantic interest uh, here in this yeah. in her life. She deserves. Also, we didn't get to see her like even tell Marion that this is what she was going to do. Like their friendship yeah. wasn't even like showcase the feature here episode. at all yeah, yeah. <sighs> so yes it was, you know what it was probably it was probably in that episode nine that we probably should have had <laughs> probably yeah it's probably shot they just for for some yeah. reason refused to show us episode nine <laughs> we we know there was an episode nine but there, yeah. there has to be because also which we'll talk about in a moment marion didn't talk to peggy about her decision either no so weird yeah so okay, Agnes is in her money. Last we saw Agnes, she had just you know learned that sh- she has no more money. Mm-hmm. Um, so of course, in the very Agnes way, she brings in a banker or a lawyer. Couldn't tell, but you know, one of those people. Like, We're gonna have to move downtown. We're gonna have to sell the house. She throws in a bunch of ethnic stuff, which I am not going to repeat. Agnes, <laughs> yeah, girl, come on. For the person that you know accepted Peggy into right? her house like lovingly, like what this you're talking this way, but I mean listen, that that honestly is true to some people's form, right? It's yes. like so I, I liked the realism in it. Uh I, I feel like it maybe fits the time as well, but I was just like, I, I probably really could have done without that. I, I don't think I would have missed anything if they didn't include that. There's some things when I I know that Agnes, the character, is modeled after Maggie Smith's character in Downton Abbey. And it's like a characteristic of Julian Fellows writing, like having a woman that will have like snippy comments and things like that. But there are just some times where for Agnes, it's comes out of either comes out of nowhere or there is a little too much. And this was one of those situations where it like took me out of 
the situation. I could, I can understand like, oh man, we're going to have to sell the house or like go like, I don't know what to do with only two dresses instead of 15, but like Mm -hmm. having to like say something about another group of people, I could have definitely done without. And sometimes like, it's not congruent with who she is some of the time. Also, it could be me projecting Christine Baranski in the situation. I don't like hearing Christine Baranski say these things. And so that is that is not the Diane Lockhart. No. That's not the Diane Lockhart that I know. No. Okay? It's not the Diane Lockhart of my heart. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> but also in this in this scene where we're talking to the banker and Oscar's just kind of in the corner being sorry. He's like, Mama, I'm so sorry. I the 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 line read from Christine Baranski in this moment top notch she's like what do i care if you're sorry you ruined your mother and throw your family in the dark you threw away the work of centuries yeah the modulation in the voice was like like she she felt the emotion in those in those lines like that's that's why she's the queen that's why she's awesome that's yes i'm very glad like the broadway peeps brought it you know Mm -hmm, like they brought it all so then they end up telling the household staff and everyone's like great cool uh we'll just wait and see what happens i guess that means i'm gonna get it except for armstrong armstrong of course is already like i might as well die i'm i'm already out on the street armstrong forever the victim is armstrong yeah yeah in between all of this jack john's patent gets approved yeah like and he doesn't want to tell anyone probably because he doesn't want them begging him for money or jobs when they're all on the street and he's made tons of money off of his alarm clock. But uh, you know, I kind of get, he doesn't want to, you know, laud his success in everyone's faces as they're facing, they're losing their jobs. Right. But then he ends up telling them and everyone's so happy. And I was just like, way to go. Way to support your peeps. He don't really tell them. Bridget kind of snitches. Yeah, that's fair. You can't tell Bridget anything apparently because she will just tell everyone. Do you think Bridget still has a crush on Jack John? Who knows? Because they totally dropped that whole subplot. Like, Gilded Age. Like, get your stuff together, man. Come on. Uh, this does open up an opportunity for him to go into business with Larry, though. So that could be picked up in season three. I Dude, would enjoy that. I I loved that interaction. Like, it's not even something that I foresaw, something that I wanted. But when you see Marion, John, Jack, and Larry there, and like Larry's like talking to john jack i'm like i never think these two characters would ever really even interact at all and now like this is pretty awesome you can tell you can tell john jack is like a little uncomfortable being in the presence yeah. of you know this rich person talking rich person business and he's like he's like oh my gosh thank you sir thank you sir thank you so much blah, blah, blah. Anyways, i gotta go i gotta go serve dinner okay yeah, bye i gotta go be poor and serve rich people <laughs> bye rich person well but that is like what jack john wanted right like he wanted this american like success story and so mm-hmm. It'd be cool to see him get it. Um, Agnes does offer to take Armstrong with her. I don't know why we needed this thing. I don't. I, I don't know. Are, are, are we are we working on some multiple season long redemption arc for Mrs. Armstrong? I don't know. I mean, because, you can keep it. Honestly, I just. Well, and uh, it was all like because of what Peggy said, and mm. like I don't know if they're like if anything, seeing Mrs. Armstrong be nice to Peggy would be weird without seeing seeing mrs armstrong be nice to anyone let alone peggy would be weird would be weird Uh, well in the middle of all this figuring out what to do with the money we also have this uh wedding that has to be paid for so of course dashiell 
comes in. It's like, well, what if I pay for the wedding? And at the same time, in the same conversation, he calls Marion Harriet. Harriet. And both Ada, Ada's at first is like, what, what is you? First of all, we'll talk about her in a minute, but Ada, who is over it, like she's <laughs> over the fact that her husband just died. Um, Luke is, who? Yeah, like what? Um, Ada is like, oh, did you hear that? And Agnes is like, yes, we all want Marion to be happy. And Marion just was forced to sit there and like, take it. I could not believe it. Uh, you know, when that happened, I, I literally was like, oh, I was like, oh, <laughs> like, you know, you, you want to make sure that Mar- that Harriet is. I was like, he, he did not. He did not just call he her Harriet. He did not just like, like Freudian slip this and call her Harriet. I said, damn, that's that's cold. At that point, you cannot blame Marion for what happens next. Like, you got to cut it at that point. Like, well, that she was, was already cool. having her doubts. And then this happens. Yeah. And that came after the fact that Dashiell was like, oh, I don't want you to teach. And I'm like, do you even know this woman? Like, do you know what she wants and who she is and all this stuff? I just want you to have a life of luxury and socializing and all this stuff. And I love that Marion said that would make Aunt Agnes happy yeah. and not like me. And he's not picking up on like he's, any of these clues. I think I think Dashiell is just kind of walking through life with no just no real human thoughts or emotions or feelings. Like he came to town and Agnes was like, hey, you should marry your cousin. He was like, cool, I'm down. Well, I think it was like an easy band-aid for grief. I don't think yeah, he processed sure. everything and like well, it's just not. like, yeah, like, oh yeah, oh cool. Band-aid wife, I'll take a band-aid wife. Make and, make sure that that Francis is taken care of. Cool. And you know, we talk a lot about these relationships in this show not being fully formed or not being you know, real relationships. This is this is another one of them where we're like, how many times do y'all talk? Like and 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 it's like Marion is like self-aware in the TV show in the moment. She's like, like, I don't even really know this dude. We haven't really talked that much. And now we're getting married. Like, what's up with this? I'm becoming a, a stepmom. Like, how, how is this happening? So I do applaud Marion for 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 coming to that realization and and standing up in her truth and doing what needed to be done. Well, she says that the reason why she has that awareness is because Ada and Luke loved each other so much. The 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 love story that everyone should aspire to, Luke and Ada, who we didn't even know Luke's name until the episode before he died. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, this is a love story that you should aspire to. Now that I think about it, I feel like George and Bertha are the only real relationship yes! in this whole show. Yes. Uh, every other relationship is is built on nothing. It's all built on lies. It's all built on, <laughs> on just 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 nothing at all. We <laughs> Gilded Age, we need to do better than this. We need to work on some some good relationships. There's enough there. You can go at least like I'm not asking you to go 12 feet deep. You're like you could at least just go a foot. I would take a foot and in some of these. I think that well, as we as we keep hammering home, there, there are issues of a you're put you're cramming too much story in, and b you only have eight episodes to tell it in. So yeah. there's there's not enough real estate to make these relationships feel earned. Okay, I'm gonna like if there's anyone to blame about this, I'm just gonna say it. David Zasloff. I don't know what the heck he's doing at HBO. He's taking stuff off the off the network, like The Watchmen not there anymore mm-hmm. all this stuff and if he had anything to do with this gilded age thing i will be writing an angry letter i mean i should write one anyway but this 
I was like, this is ridiculous because there is more stuff here. Like there is like, we didn't even see Ada grieve. Like the only reason I knew she was grieving is she was in a black dress. Yep. That was it. And yep. she was like, all oh, happy. Like, do, 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 do. oh, I have some mail to read. La-di-da. Yo. So, okay. Listen, y'all, if you're, if you're watching slash listening to this, you probably watched the episode. So, you know right. what happens at the end. Right. When, when Ada goes, you know, I have so many documents to read, so many letters to open. I was like, <laughs> I was like, here we go. I was right. I was right. You I were. was watching, I was watching this with my wife. And I'll and of course my wife does not watch slash listen to the podcast uh on a regular basis because she doesn't watch listen to anything I do. Uh I was like, I was like, I was like hitting her with my elbow. I was like, I said this on my podcast, I said this is gonna happen on my podcast, I bet you this is what it is. And it's like, I know, I know what's coming when she says, I have so many things to read about Luke and his life. I was like, Yep, and that and that in those letters, you're getting money. I just know I I was so hyped for what was gonna happen, and it happened. It did happen. It did happen. I was I was happy for you. I was like, <laughs> but I also like the reveal. We'll talk about it in a minute, but the reveal yeah. was also really funny. Yes. Uh okay. So Marion tells Dashiell, like, hey, I can't marry you. And Dashiell's like, okay. And goes, <laughs> He's and, like, why? What's the problem? Like, why? Don't you want to be a wife? And she's like, no, I don't really. I'd like to do some things before that. Uh, Anywho. But but let Larry come in here and ask you to marry him. Like do some things though. She wants to, you know, do she some wants to help first. she wants to help the people. Okay. Yeah, she wants to help the people. And then poor Francis like corners Marion at school. It's like, don't you love me anymore? <laughs> what happened? I, I can just imagine the scene before this of like Marion teaching painting and she looks over at Francis's uh you know painting and just like like, like Marion like Marion getting run over by a horse and carriage. <laughs> like what 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 are you painting, Francis? I'm painting you getting run over. Like <laughs> want you to die for dumping my daddy. Francis I think... just looks like a demonic child. Let me just say Well, that. okay, she watch station 11 she has a lot that actress has a lot more in her and the fact that she was just in this like demure like diminutive role was like Mm. very heartbreaking for me having watched station 11 i was like oh give her something more than just like why won't you marry my dad uh yeah so marion basically says also this is weird and freaky as well i want to know you for the rest of my life and dance happily at your wedding i guess they're cousins but like teacher say that out of school like don't say that in school it's like i want to i want to dance at your wedding not not dance with your father but dance with someone else that i bring probably larry russell to be honest with you because we got a thing going on we got a thing just shares too much um (laughs) but uh just to backtrack a second with the whole uh telling dashel yeah the way dashel like approaches this as marion tells him like i don't think you're over your dead wife he's like like yeah but i mean i just kind of got to move on right like i still love my dead wife i can't imagine like but i have to have a wife right like that's just the thing to do like he's so he's so lost in the sauce really yeah and that i mean that is something that i personally have felt a lot in my life is like i just have to like you go to school you graduate you get the job you get married and none of those i mean like i graduated but like none of those things after that has happened in my life Mm -hmm. and when it doesn't happen and it can feel real crappy so like the fear of of not doing that first like i can understand why people would settle in the situation to just 
check the box of like, right. okay, I did this. And apparently this is a tale as old as time because if Dashiell's feeling it in the 1830s or sure. 1880s, uh, you know, like we've been feeling it forever. But yes, he was definitely motivated again by status. And he's definitely an old money person. And Marion is much more of a new money person. Yeah. And I did like that Agnes did not get mad at her for yes, I love that her decision, but she did warn her and said, you have two strikes against you. The second one is more public than the first. Cause yeah, everybody knew you were going to get engaged. First one was Mr. Rakes. Second one is this, um, is this engagement. And then she says, don't throw your life away. And this is what sends her into this existential crisis at the opera like wanting to ask the big questions do all this stuff will my life Uh, ever amount to anything um but it's like you know i also kind of loved uh agnes's perspective here because from what agnes had gone through i'm almost surprised that she takes a stance all the time of you must marry money you must marry money knowing what she went through with her husband but i feel like this is also a thing of like don't throw your life away marry someone that you love because like i didn't do you feel like this was a change because her situation changed? Like she doesn't have the pressure of like trying to protect this money anymore. And it's like, you now have the freedom to marry well, for love I, because I'm almost, I didn't. I, I'm almost more surprised at that point in the story that she wasn't mad, that she wasn't like, uh, no, you're because we talked last episode about right. Dasho being the hope for the family of money. So I was I was a little surprised that Agnes was this, you know, cool with it, because if, you know, even if Dasho doesn't doesn't fund Agnes and Ada, he could fund Marion. I would think Agnes would be like, hey, you got to like take care of this you. Is your opportunity here for yeah. to be to be in the money. So you should you should have taken it. But for her to uh, put her, you know. Uh, nieces or what is yeah her niece's best wishes above everything else was really kind of more of that showing what that showing the 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 thing underneath agnes's surface uh where she she has that humanity uh you know notwithstanding some things she said earlier in this episode but um so i I did think that was a very interesting way to take that to take that particular situation yeah some growth from her at least we saw also could have been a little bit of a fast forward of a plot again has having my suspicions it would have been great to see them work through that or have a larger conversation other than just like yeah i'm fine with it bye (laughs) all right let's talk about this larry and marion morning this larry and morning i kind of want to see what this what the what it was like in the russell household after the opera because they're there until the morning time like when did they get out of the opera what did they do when they got to the russell's house or they just like you know when you come home from like a a a show or a a late night you're just all standing around the kitchen island like eating pizza or something like is that is is that what was happening like i wanted to see the scene there yeah remember when she had like that supper in the first season and it was like all this food and like lobsters and stuff then and nobody showed up so she had to donate the food i was like is the spread like that like did she have like everything under the sun she did mention to mrs bruce about the menu for the night right that was going to be it was going to be something cold or whatever so i don't know what you know that could have given us some insight but i, I just would have enjoyed seeing what that was like did everybody like loosen all their clothes like, <laughs> yeah oh, that was such a long night like yeah 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 that would have been fun since they were there all night apparently yes and so 
Larry walks Marion across the street in the morning. And this is when we find out that like Marion told Larry that she's not engaged. Again, a conversation would have loved to have seen. Um, but it's like, does that mean like you're staying in New York? She's like, I hope so. We will never say goodbye. We'll be friends forever. And I was like, forever. You talk to each other like two times. <laughs> like two times this entire season. How are you yeah, friends forever? forever. <laughs> and then like, and then he just goes in for the first of all, the kiss was it was good. I mean, like the it, lean, was, hot. it was good. It was good. We we will see a lot of mouth kisses on this show. But yeah, uh, yeah when we good. get them, we get them, we get them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I loved Marion's reaction of like, oh, like you could oh. tell that that was a different, like, like she's now looking at Larry with with the different eyes. Yeah. Like, oh. Oh, okay, friends. Larry. Did I say friends? Yeah. <laughs> like Larry, Larry, like so. This made me realize. This made me look back on the whole season of being like. Yeah, you know, Larry has kind of looked at Mary in this whole season with these eyes of like, he has. she's going to be mine. The girl is going to be mine. But thinking back on I just think Marion has been a little oblivious to the chemistry. Has. And, hasn't, and hasn't really thought about it that way. So this was kind of her seeing that chemistry. Now, I don't know if uh, men should be just running over and kissing women just without any provocation. That's another story. But um, yeah. It, just, it just helps Marion open her eyes. Be like, oh, okay. All right, Larry. I see you. I see you. Well, yeah. And I think it would be interesting for that to continue. I do kind of like that it was a surprise to Marion. But also, I would have liked to have gotten something more than looks from Larry throughout the season. Like, them having another conversation or him having a conversation about Marion outside of, of that. But I'll take what we can get. I, I was I was okay with that. I yeah. I just hope there's more. <laughs> like I do like right after John Jack is like, yeah, hey y'all. I, I was watching from the from the from the other side of the door. That was pretty hot. Uh, by the way, um, Ada and Agnes are waiting for you. Yes. Okay. So they have waited up all morning for mm-hmm. for Marion to come home because Ada has something to tell them. I like. Agnes didn't even like change into a nightgown or anything. They're all still like formally dressed. And then Ada drops it and is like, uh, hey, by the way, Luke's dad made a ton of money in textiles and now it's mine. And so nothing will change. It'll be fine. I mean, listen, we knew something was gonna happen to to kind of uh make make everything okay again. You know, we That's we true. we prophesized that i prophesized luke fortune <laughs> um yes. just the way just the way it was revealed by Aiden was just like you can tell she almost had like this just like this this shitty grin on her face is like i got i know something you don't know yeah. i got i got i gotta tell y'all something this is this is juicy i love that she said um it's too much money actually yeah, <laughs> like, actually like an obscene amount of money like <laughs> like like f you money like you, you just you don't know what to do with money way more money than you had agnes i mean not to not to say anything but it's 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 a fortune yes and that turns even though like they don't have to move even though like they don't have to sell their clothes or anything like that uh, things have changed on 61st Street the moment Bannister finds out who's paying the bills. Yo, this was ultimate shade from Bannister, okay? <laughs> this was just top level. Like, 
because he didn't have to do that. You know, he didn't have to do that. He's like, he didn't have to, buddy. Like, Zayda, is that cool with you? Because you're the boss now. You 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 don't want in charge at this point. And I love just just Marion's just like, uh, you know, she's like, yeah, Aunt Agnes, isn't that funny? Because the staff is now gonna be answering to Ada, like just the grin on her face, and yeah. she's like, how you feel about that, Agnes? Huh? And I also like Ada's response of, I guess some things might be different. <laughs> Just a, a crazy psycho grin on her face, like, oh yeah. See you later, Miss Armstrong. I would not be surprised if the next day Miss Armstrong's out on her ass because we know how Ada feels about this Armstrong. That's true. Um, That's true. But you know, I guess Agnes would probably try to appeal for for Miss Armstrong for for whatever reason. Um, but I just just to like just to drop this in here. Yeah, yeah. Like as everyone's like, oh my god, everything's great, nothing's gonna change. Like, I almost expected someone to be like, Thank God Luke died, right? Like, <laughs> just like no talk of, a, of that god. at all. He died like yesterday. My god, <laughs> isn't it so fortunate that Luke's dead now and we now have all his money? Like, and and just so- and how did he have time to change all the papers? Who knows? Because this all their their wedding, their marriage took place over, I swear, three days. <laughs> I would swear that the wedding, the diagnosis, the death all took three days. That's how the story made you feel. Um, but just to look back on the how we got here, it almost feels like they reverse engineered this, right? Like we yes. want to take away Agnes's money, and then by the end of the season, you have to figure out how to get it back. How could we have like Ada in charge? Oh, I know. We'll have her marry someone that has money. How do we do that? Oh, let's introduce this Luke guy. It almost it almost makes it feel like Luke was just a means to an end, and it didn't really yep. mean much of anything. Yeah. Even like, though... will we hear the words Luke Forte next season at all? Oh, yes, because Marianne is going to make sure she gets her Luke Forte. Yeah. You know? You and Uncle Luke... Yeah, you call him Uncle, like Uncle Luke. You, you right really knew him, <laughs> She knew him probably for a day. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so, so that's where we leave it. We've got Bertha on top of society. We've got Agnes with money that's not hers. Yeah. We've got Marion and Larry with some vibes. Uh, Peggy is gonna write a novel, and everyone else. Oh yeah, I had some questions about. Mm some other characters Osmonds. yeah what was up with the french lady like we see the french lady like there's like a conversation first all we see is her hiring like her getting her interview and then there's like a conversation between um mrs bruce and bertha of like she's doing okay she's doing okay you want her to stay on okay cool and then she's downstairs what is this and she's sitting like in the kitchen with the rest of the staff. Yeah. Like, I thought you were the hair lady. Why are you in the kitchen? Why are you like bussing bus- tables or whatever you're doing? Like, she had a dish- dishcloth in her hand. I was like, what are you even doing down here? You do hair. Like, yeah. I, I like, like they, they, they introduced this woman and did nothing with her. Nothing, which makes me believe there has to be a vault of something. There's episode nine we're missing. I'm telling you something. I swear, I swear they said nine episodes second season, and now (laughs) and now they made us think. No, no, it was always eight. There's an episode nine somewhere. I'm on to you, Zaslav. I'm on to you. We're gonna break into HBO headquarters and get the get the lost episode. (laughs) Um, because you know this is this was free trial, lady. Like, hey, I'll try. I'll stay on for a week, and if you don't like it, you can fire me. If you like it, you can hire me. Whatever. 
And is this a is this a bomb waiting to be let off in season three? Who knows? Because nothing really came of it. Is she not really French also? <laughs> is she Mr. Borden's long lost sister or something? Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> and then also all this time we spent with Watson and his daughter and doing all this stuff. And they just like throw it away in a I'm leaving. Yeah. Yeah, I'll miss you guys. <laughs> What Mr. Watson could have been totally erased from this show, and I would not mind. I would right. not care. Well, and then they were like, Oh, see you around, Mr. Watson. And Church is like, Nope, nope, you won't. You're not He's never going back here again. He's not allowed back here by decree of his uh son in law or whatever. Um, so we will never see this man again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess that could be an interesting season three plot if the McNeils come over to the the Russell house and Mr. Watson's there, I guess. I, but but will will you ever think about mr watson again in season three if we never see him oh in season three we're covering the show because there will definitely be a season three marissa when we're covering the show on season three we'll be like hey you remember mr watson what's that crazy cat up to i don't think we will i think we will forget all about mr watson by the time the show picks back up it was and just in season one he was a weird stalker in season two we got a little bit more and then he's out like i i don't understand i'm very puzzled about that but yeah he could have been erased from the whole thing uh do we think larry is gonna go back to architecture who knows because he totally dropped it <laughs> we totally the larry who had this dream of being an architect gets dumped by his older cougar lady friend and i guess the the love of architecture went with it i guess because he's we never heard of it again. Right. I know. Which was disappointing because it was him breaking away from his family. It was like his yeah. break. But I guess he's going to be like a clock is he, millionaire is he gonna design, or something. Is he going to help design clocks with John Jack? Is that is that his new I guess. I guess. Well, before we end the podcast, uh, do you have any favorite storylines, least favorite storylines that you want to call out? Favorite storylines, pretty much anything having to do with with Bertha. Bertha and George killed this season. They yeah. really they carried that they carried the load for this season with the strike stuff with George. I thought was very intriguing and very interesting, uh, and showed how cunning George is. Same thing with Bertha. The the uh, Opera War storyline started to lag for me a little bit in the middle. But it really hit strong in the end. So I'll, I'll say that those are my favorite storylines of the season. Yeah, I'll have to have to agree with you there. They just stole the show. They show they they in every aspect. Like the actors stole the show. The story stole the show. They were really like the anchor for the season. And I really enjoyed being able to root for a couple and not have to, you know, think that one was trying to play against another. And I really hope that i mean well we will see them in season three but it they will be probably mad at each other for a little bit and i'm gonna have to be okay with it for sure anything um else anything else that you want to mention that we haven't talked about um i mean boy the whole peggy fortune stuff was really disappointing um it, to end up with because i was really i was really writing the story in my head of like I you know. know uh peggy's peggy and mr fortune maybe going to sneak around behind mr fortune's bag mr fortune gonna have some kind of interaction with peggy and they really just kind of dropped the whole thing um just thinking of weird storyline the luke ada thing was really odd and weird um kind of just out of left field for stuff um you know overall for this season i I would say I enjoyed the season. I would say it's a good season. It just mm -hmm. has some 
some pitfalls, some some potholes, if you will. It's like a clock that has too many gears. Like it, it's like a clock that gets stuck. We need John Jack to we come need in John here Jack. and yeah. get that escapement, whatever doohickey <laughs> thing uh, fixed, so this thing can run better. I guess. I really like. I agree with you. I think it was a really good season. Like it was a good season of TV, but there was like a lot you could have taken away, and a lot you could have given us more of, and yes. it would have been an even better season of TV, and and that would have been great as well. Yeah, I think that was the answer. Is to to cut some of the fat and expand on the storylines that were interesting but we wanted more of yeah yeah well we'll see you back here for season three i do just want to thank jason thank you for coming on this adventure with me i know like you had no idea what the show was before podcasting and it's been really really fun podcasting with you um this season and hopefully in season three as well and also just thanks to everyone who listened and um, learned along with us. It was fun to look things up and kind of share things with the audience in that way. So I hope everyone, you know, enjoyed that part as well. It's not as, it's not like the crown, like I'm not like Wikipedia every single thing, but it was fun to kind of like learn about different parts of American history. And I think the show did a good job telling at least about the Brooklyn bridge. I learned a lot about the Brooklyn bridge, which I didn't know before. And it told some stories about some unsung heroes that yeah. you know, we had never heard. Uh, I, I know I had never um, heard of before. So it was interesting uh, learning that mostly about, you know, women that are yeah. of, of American uh, society and culture back in the day. Uh, so love that. Uh, thank you, Marissa, for persuading me to do this show. <laughs> I, I will say when you came into my inbox, I was like, hey, Gilded Age. I was like, who, what? And then I looked it up. I was like, ooh, this is not in my wheelhouse. But I do love work with podcasting with Marissa, talking to Marissa. So like, you know what? Let me step out of my comfort zone. And I'm so glad I did because I found a show that I really enjoy. Aww. And of course, it was a blast talking to Thanks. you throughout these eight episodes, um, as we like to do. We always have a fun time whenever we podcast about a show. Whether the show is good or bad, we have a fun <laughs> time. So I was like, I know for whatever the show is going to be, I'm going to have a fun time talking about it. So thank you so much for for thinking of me, first of all, for this podcast and, and coming to me with it and, and, and making sure that I knew, listen, we can have a fun time so I, I could <laughs> I could do the right thing and come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you did. And, and listen, to, to all those out there listening, watching, whatever it may be, send us out with a bang, right? Like, get us, yeah. give us some of those uh, Apple reviews. If you watch on YouTube, hit the thumbs up. Let us know you enjoyed this, this podcast whole season whatever it may be we enjoy hearing feedback we enjoy hearing your takes on things so if you want to comment on the youtube video give the thumbs up leave us an app review all those stuff really helps us know you're enjoying it and helps you know our higher ups know (laughs) that you you enjoyed uh you know listening to what we had to say yes agreed yeah it helps a lot um so please engage in that way we would love it all right you know where to find us. I think I've said it in a bil- enough times, so I think we're just gonna we're just gonna leave it. We're leave it at that. And so for the last time until season three, because <laughs> there better be a season three. Sad <laughs> yeah, they'll make us come find you. <laughs> Good day, Mister Reed. Good day, Miss Garza. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.